Broadcasting live worldwide. Ladies and gentlemen, from the studios in the wrestling capital of the South, it's another terrific episode of The Binge Buster Show. Please welcome your host, Tony Binge. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another live edition of the Binge Buster Show. I am excited about this week's show uh, as uh, we are going to be uh, still talking Halloween Havoc. And uh, this is going to be our final um, episode uh, on uh, Halloween Havoc since uh, this is the final week of October. Uh, it's going to be a great and exciting show. And right now, uh, before any further ado... I want to bring on my co-host. I'm talking about my former and still tag team partner, Jeff Patton. Jeff, what is going on, my friend? Happy Halloween, everyone, and happy Halloween, Tony. Happy Halloween to you too, Jeff. Uh, I, I I know it's your favorite holiday because we always talk about this. Um, you know, I growing up as a kid, I never ever seen any of the Halloween uh, uh, movies. Uh, until I met you, and one day you called me up. It's like, hey man, I'm 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 gonna do this little party and have uh, and we're gonna watch all the Hall uh, watch all the Halloweens. You remember that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, yep. That was that was like I probably feel, uh, I, I'm gonna yeah. say like '94. I think when we did that. Yeah, I still do watch scary movies uh, uh -huh. for Halloween, but. Uh, yeah, you know, my my kids have grown up. They are too old to do trick or treating. So, oh uh, yeah, that's how mine is too. Or at, sure least, at least they think they are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's uh, I'm I'm excited about uh, Halloween. Even though Halloween's a lot different this year than uh, years past, as uh, you know, because of the coronavirus and our good our good old governor of North Carolina. Uh, there's not a lot, a lot of, uh, Halloween stuff going on. However, there are a lot of neighborhoods that are, um, that are doing it. I know the neighborhood I live in, uh, we're, we're doing, um, just in the neighborhood, uh, people can go door to door, uh, certain houses, you know, that are lit up, um, our neighborhood, Jeff, every year, you, you would love it here. Uh, they have a contest where every, uh, every house can decorate and here in our HOA, they always, you know, give out uh, an award, first, second, third place. Um, but there's this one house, man, Jeff, you, you would lose your mind at this house. It's, it looks real spooky. But what they do out in front of their garage, they will um, put these um, uh, flaming, uh, flaming jack-o'-lanterns. They have these jack-o'-lanterns cut out with a real spooky face. And there's flames shooting out of the top of them and out of the eyeballs. Man, it it look it looks awesome. So, uh, if if they do it this year, I'm going to do a video and send it to you. It, it will blow your mind. It's, it looks so cool. Yeah, that'd be cool, man. Do that for me. Yeah, I definitely will. Uh, so uh, this past week, uh, this past weekend, Jeff, I was uh, soaking up some sun, if you can believe that, in the month of October, uh, down in uh, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Went down there. My son William had a uh, taekwondo. Um, he, he's in a club called the black belt club. And so every year, um, 
in October, we, we go down to Myrtle Beach and they get to train on the beach and, and build sand castles. And uh, it's just a fun weekend. And then once they get done training, uh, all the kids get to run and jump in the ocean in their, um, in their uniform. So the kids always, always look forward to that. And I do too. I, 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 I'm sure you saw my live video uh, of William jumping in the water, but uh, man, as, as serious as I used to take wrestling, I will still do, but, um, but took my wrestling. My son's the same thing with his Taekwondo. That's awesome, man. Enjoy those moments. Cause they grew up so fast, man. Yeah. Yeah. They, they definitely do. Um, uh, and then, uh, uh, another big, uh, big announcement. Um, November 1st, terrific. Tony goes back into the ring. Jeff, uh, NAWA is doing a, a, a television taping in their studio, this Sunday, uh, November the 1st, um, are, are you, are you going to be coming Jeff? Uh, unfortunately I have to work. Oh, that's too bad. It's going to be a good time. I'm, I'm excited, man. I've been sitting home for like nine months and not seen any of the, any of the boys. So I'm excited to, to, uh, to get back out there and I got a new pair of boots. So I can't wait to try them things out. Or you think about me while I'm slaving at work, man, I will. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be saying, man, I wish my tag team partner was here to help me out. Help me win this match <laughs> for sure. Well, uh, well fans, we're, we're going to take a, a quick break. And when we come back, Jeff and I are going to be talking Halloween havoc 94 coming up right after this. It's the North American Wrestling Association each and every Saturday at noon on Facebook and YouTube. Each week, tune in and see the biggest stars from the NAWA, including Drew Hood, Luke Christian, Adam James, James Brody, Jet Jaggers, Ted and AWOL, King Craig Classic, The Golden Gladiators, Dangerous Donnie, High Performance, Stroking Tim, Hunter, and many more. That's every Saturday at noon. A new episode airs on YouTube. It's the NAWA, the Major League of Independent Professional Wrestling. Check them out each week on YouTube. It's the NAWA Professional Wrestling. Halloween Havoc 1994 was the sixth Halloween Havoc pay-per-view produced by World Championship Wrestling. It took place on October 23, 1994 from the Joe Louis Arena in Detroit, Michigan with 14,000 fans in attendance to see the main event featuring the two biggest stars of the 1980s, Hulk Hogan and Nature Boy Ric Flair. Careers on the line, who wins, who loses, Coming up next, here on the Binge Buster Show. All right, fans, welcome back to the Binge Buster Show. Um, as we are going to be talking Halloween Havoc 94. Uh, Jeff, uh, like I said, this, this pay-per-view took place uh, back in 1994, October 23rd. 
I think that during this time, you and I were just becoming great friends and uh, learning. Uh, your your wrestling camp was was uh, was kind of grooming me uh, in the wrestling business, and uh, I was learning a lot. But uh, I remember having these talks. Uh, we all were were shocked to see uh, Hogan come to WCW, uh, much less you know come in his first match in beat Ric Flair for the title, and now here we are, Halloween Havoc '94. Main event, Steel Cage, Mr. T as the special referee, Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair. But there was a ton of other matches before we get to that one. Um, opening match, Booker T with Stevie Ray taking on um, Brian Armstrong in a singles match. And this, I think this match was actually a dark match. Uh, did what, what are your thoughts on that one, Jeff? Uh, Armstrong, trying to, he's... I'm trying to think of which one of the there's so many Armstrongs, which one that is. Uh, well, but, uh, I, I believe Brian was actually Road Dog. Okay. All right. So this was Brian Armstrong, correct? Yes. Is that who you said was? Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, him and Booker T, I'm pretty sure that was pretty decent. And to, wasn't it supposed to be a tag match, but uh, some, was it Brad Armstrong wasn't there, wasn't able to make it? I believe I so, yeah. Correct? Okay. Yeah, don't know what happened with Brad on that one, but uh, that would have been a pretty cool little tag team match. Uh, you know, if Brad would have been able to be there. So um, I'm going to guess Booker T won the match, correct? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, okay. Uh, okay. Booker T, went, he won that one. Uh, but uh, but definitely a uh, an awesome match. Uh, it, Either way, uh, you know, in '94, I think Brian was just really getting started. Um, you know, as you as you remember, or, or some of your fans may not even know, but uh, Brian was actually um, a veteran in the um, in the in the very first uh, Saudi Arabian War uh, in '91. So, uh, and then of course he went to Smoky Mountain Wrestling, uh, and uh, there uh, I think he he wrestled under a hood. But uh, but here he is in the big time WCW. Um, you know, uh, here on uh, on a major pay per view, Halloween Havoc. Uh, so definitely a, a a cool fun match for the people there. Uh, then we go to the opening match for the actual pay per view. Uh, as we as for the WCW World Television Championship, the champion is Johnny B. Bad taking on the Honky Tonk Man. Uh, this was a shocker at, at this time. I was starting to notice, hey. A lot of WWF guys are coming to WCW, uh, some of the major ones, because here, here we got the Honky Tonk Man, who I think t- to this day is still the longest reigning intercontinental champion. Am I am I right on that, Jeff? I'm pretty sure you are. And to me, that wasn't, didn't um, Eric Bischoff, wasn't he the uh, booker at the time? Yes, he sure was. Okay, so he was, he was somehow able to lure some of the big names from uh, the WWF to uh, WCW as we're slowly building toward the uh, NWO deal, uh, which I think that started in, what was it, 96, 95, 96? Yep, I believe so. Okay. Uh, Which was, uh, you know, really, really cool, uh, all the stuff that was going on, um, you know, during that time, for sure. It seems like um, 
I'm trying to think of this date. We, I think, no, yeah, we could have been doing a wrestling event that same day, and that's why I really don't remember a lot about this pay per view. Um, so, uh, yeah, this to me, what I would is a shocker to see the Honky Tonk Man. I remember when I looked at it, I was like, I didn't know Honky Tonk Man was ever in WCW. I didn't remember that, but uh, he did, wasn't there very long. No, not at all. Uh, you know, un- unfortunately, uh, you know, uh, I-, I-, I saw a- an interview with Eric Bischoff. I heard an interview with Eric Bischoff, and he said that he got the most uh, thrill out of firing somebody was firing the honky-tonk man. So evidently the honky-tonk man <laughs> didn't, uh, you know, didn't didn't do too well there for, uh, for uh, Eric Bischoff. And real quick, wasn't this the time they had that ugly potato chip looking title? We we used to call it the Ruffles potato chip because it looked like a Ruffles potato chip. Man, it was uh, had ridges all over it. Yeah, I, th- I think <laughs> I think that I think that was it. Yeah, I believe you're right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's one of the ugliest titles I've ever seen, man. Yeah. Now <laughs> this match goes ten minutes. Um, and uh of course they 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 wrestled to a 10 minute draw um you know back in the 80s man i, I really liked the honky tonk man I, I i thought he was a good talker uh great performer i thought um i mean he had to be doing something right to be the longest reigning intercontinental champion um you know uh and and his gimmick was just like it, it was over yeah yeah he was uh, he was very hated. I know that. He was one of the most hated uh, heels in the business at the time. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, he, um, you know, he was, uh, uh, you know, I, I, if I remember when he first came in, he was a baby face. Um, and then he uh, ended up um, uh, turning uh, turning heel and, and, come, and, and joining with Jimmy Hart, right? Yes, I think so. Yeah, good times there. Uh, I, uh, I, I, like I said, I always liked the honky tonk man. I always thought he had a, a cool gimmick, and uh, you know, he could really, uh, he he could he could really perform. That's for sure. Um, now moving on to the to our next match. Uh, it's uh now this tag team Jeff I really liked. Um, and and you may laugh at me when I tell you this, but um, pretty wonderful. Paul Orndorff and Paul Roma. Taking on Stars and Stripes, Marcus Alexander Bagwell and uh, the Patriot. At the time, they were the uh, they were the uh, WCW World Tag Team Champions. Uh, I'm talking about the the uh, the the, um, the Patriot and Marcus Bagwell. Stars and Stripes was the name of their team. Uh, but but man, pretty wonderful. They were that I liked them because they, they their gimmick was a lot like semi, a, a lot like semi perfections. Yeah, I, I always was a fan of Paul Orndorff, uh, you know, and uh, Paul Roma, you know, at first I was like, ah, you know, because I remember he and Jimmy Powers, you know, in WWF were fairly popular, and um, I just, yeah, I didn't know how he would do as a heel, but, I mean, he pulled it off to a certain degree until he was made a horseman, and that was just a joke, but, uh, yeah, um, yeah, uh, and it's, it, kind of curious i mean the booking the way they did the booking i mean to me the world tag team title match should have been semi-main event um 
kind of strange. They've got two title matches to open up their pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but but I think that they they were trying to keep the crowd going. And I remember, uh, you know, what, going back and watching this match, um, the the team of Pretty Wonderful, man, they, they had some heat. Oh, yeah, and, of course, I mean, like I said, Paul Orndorff, one of the one of the, the best heels, uh, you know, that, that I've ever seen. Uh, he just had the arrogance. To do, remember when he used to come out with the mirror? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, did, and it, did they not come out with mirrors or something? Uh, or, well, Paul uh, yeah. Orndorff did later on, uh, like yeah. around 95. Uh, as a matter of fact, Jeff, I believe you and I went to this show it was a it was a nitro there in Charlotte, and um, that was the one where I thought Paul Paul Orndorff cut one of the best promos that I'd. I mean, he cut a lot of great ones, but uh, this one was, was by far my favorite one. Um, it was the one where uh, uh, um, Brian Pillman was a was a, a new member of the Full Horseman, and he came out there and he was shooting his mouth off. He was you know he was he was uh, he was cutting promos on everybody. And then at the time, like you said, Paul Orndorff was carrying a mirror around, but he, um, he, he, he Paul Orndorff had had like, like lost his self confidence. So at the time, he um, had had got hooked up with uh, Gary Spivey of the Psychic Friends Network, <laughs> and and Gary Spivey kind of helped uh, give Paul Orndorff his his confidence back. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of crazy, but uh, yeah, I always. <clears throat> always enjoyed Paul Orndorff. Yeah, I did too. I really enjoyed his uh, um, Smoky Mountain days. Uh, to me, I mean that. Um, I always liked that. You know, they banned the pile driver, and then um, you know he's pitching a fit. You know about the pile driver, and so he starts pile driving everybody and gets fined a lot of money. And <laughs> oh yeah. Um, uh yeah I, I like that as a matter of fact uh the um the uh uh the um one of the guys that that was that was one of your referees uh was actually a referee for smoky mountain and uh, well actually he didn't referee you he wrestled for you but he's a referee for smoky mountain I'm talking about daryl morris um but uh i went to daryl's house one time he's like hey man he goes uh, i got some videos want you to check out and he showed me, and one of the videos was Paul Orndorff pile driving him as he was. He was a referee, and he said, you know, he <laughs> he he, he DQ'd uh, Paul Orndorff for doing the pile driver. So then Paul Orndorff uh, pile drove him. <laughs> <laughs> well, they can do the DDT, but y'all can do my pile driver. It's <laughs> funny, that was a funny line. I love it. Uh, one one of the great uh, Paul Orndorff lines was uh, kind of what I was talking about earlier in that when Paul um, Brown Pillman was out there cutting promos on him, he says, um, he says, I mean, look at this guy that just wrestled uh, Paul Orndorff, who used to be horseman material, uh, but now he's not horseman material. Now uh, he's a member of the Psychic Friends Network. It says he's spilling his get, guts to Gary Spivey and Dion Warwick for four ninety nine a minute. And then here comes Paul Orndorff out from the curtain. He had one of his boots already unlaced, so it made the made the promo seem so real. And of course, they played it up that Paul Orndorff was good friends with Ric Flair and Arn Anderson. And uh, and so uh, so he comes out there. Paul Orndorff does, and he says, uh, he says, uh, Brian, he says, Billman, let me tell you something right now. He said, he said, you're right. I could have been a horseman. 
He said, but the reason I'm not a horseman is, uh, is because of what you do. And, and, uh, and then Paul, and then of course, Brian Pillman says, well, you know, uh, I, uh, he, he goes, yeah, he goes, yeah, you could have been a horseman back whenever you was a man's man. And he's looking at Arn like laughing and Arn's trying to like, you know, cooler heads prevail, trying to keep Brian Pillman to calm down. And then, um, and then Paul Orndorff has a classic line that pisses off Arn and Flair, makes them spike pile driving there in the Charlotte Coliseum. So he says to, uh, he says to Pillman, he goes, Pillman, he goes, you're right. He said, he said, he said, you are a horseman. He said, because if you, because if you like carrying people, if you like carrying people's bags, if you like chauffeuring Rick and Arn around, then I guess that makes you a horseman, because that's exactly what you do. <laughs> and then when he says that, Arn just spins him around, and then, uh, and then uh, uh, Brian slaps him in the face, and then him and him and uh, Orndorff start fighting. And then finally, Flair and Arn try to break it up. When they when they couldn't break them up, then then Flair just turns heel on on uh, Orndorff, and then they end up spike pile driving him on the floor, and that's how he retired from WCW. Mm. Oh wow! But uh, but I I'm like you. I was always a Paul Orndorff fan. I mean, he 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 had some great interviews, and I remember I have a a, a DVD somewhere here at the here at the house. It's like the best of Hulk Hogan, um, and uh. And, and and it's showing how um how you know the, the leading up to WrestleMania and it shows how um Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff was uh like 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 in one match he was he was wrestling uh, magnificent uh, Morocco and of course at, th- at this point um Paul Orndorff's a baby face and Mr. Fuji was uh the manager for uh for um uh the other guy right so uh in, in true Paul Orndorff fashion, he sits there and he, he takes his fingers and he puts them in his eyes and makes his eyes squinty like Mr. Fuji. And he looks at Mr. Fuji and starts giving him like the bow sign like the, like Asians do and then gives him the finger. <laughs> like, good grief. If he did that on if he did that on TV now, man, you'd be banned. You, you'd have every, every, every racist group in the world coming after you. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But, uh... But definitely, we. I, I, I'm like you. I loved Paul Orndorff. He was he was great. Um, now moving on to the next match, maybe not so great. Um, Dave Sullivan uh, taking on uh, Kevin Sullivan. Uh, this match goes five minutes seventeen seconds and it ends in a in a um, a countout. Um, what are your memories of uh, the feud between Dave Sullivan and Kevin Sullivan? Dave was just a jobber. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's all he ever was. And, uh, Kevin, I mean, was I, it? I just never was a, I just never was a big Kevin Sullivan fan. I just, you know, never was. Yeah. Well, uh, wasn't Dave Sullivan originally called the equalizer or something like that? I think so. Something like that. Yeah. But, and yeah I know, um, I know he had a lot of different gimmicks there in WCW. Um, but uh, but I think the the funniest gimmick he had was when he came out dressed like Hulk Hogan and was a Hulk Hogan mark. <laughs> yeah. That was the best one. <laughs> yeah, I remember that one too. That one had he, me. That he one had me like, He looked like Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. He did. It was, uh, it was yeah, so funny. I, yeah, this match had to have been horrible. But <laughs> yeah, not definitely not my favorite on the card. Uh, but now this next one definitely is, it's, it's, it's a great show or a great match. Um, cause we got two, um, uh, tremendously talented wrestlers in the ring. Uh, 
the natural Dustin Rhodes taking on the enforcer Arn Anderson. And then during the time, Arn Anderson had um, Colonel Robert Parker was his manager. And, of course, Robert Parker had Ming as his bodyguard. This match goes 9 minutes 50 seconds with Dustin Rhodes uh, beating Arn Anderson. Um, any, any thoughts on this one, Jeff? Uh, yeah, this had to probably be one of the best matches on the, the card. And I, I remember Arn was a member of the stud stable. Um, yes. Robert Parker's. Uh, <laughs> uh, of course, I, I just remember him as uh, Robert Fuller all those years ago. But, uh, yeah, um, Dustin Rhodes was, was uh, he was definitely the na- the natural. There's no doubt about it. Um and then, of course, Arn Anderson, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time in my book. And I uh, um, just can't believe they did this match. And <laughs> Arn wasn't a champion. It's just hard to believe. Yeah, Arn should have definitely been the U.S. or the television champion during during this match for sure. Um, speaking of U.S., our next match is for the United States Heavyweight Championship. Uh, the champion, uh, un- craziness, um, Hacksaw Jim Duggan is a champion, and he's taking on the former champion, Stunning Steve Austin. Now, in the pay-per-view prior to this, I think it was Fall Brawl, it was supposed to be in um, Steve Austin was the United States champion. He was supposed to be defending against Ricky Steamboat. Ricky Steamboat had a back injury and couldn't perform, so Steve Austin thought he was getting the night off. And Nick Bockwinkle at the time was the um, was the commissioner, and he introduces a new uh, wrestler to WCW, and it ends up being Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And Hacksaw beats Steve Austin in five seconds and becomes the fir- the new United States champion. We go to this match um, where I'm thinking that Steve Austin's going to get the title back, and he doesn't. But this match goes eight minutes two seconds with. Uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan getting the 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 the, the pinfall victory, um, you know we, we we've covered this before, but um, for whatever reason, Eric Bischoff didn't he didn't see a lot of talent in uh, stunning Steve Austin. Me, I absolutely loved the stunning Steve Austin gimmick. I thought it was awesome. Um, you know, he come out there with that with that really cool music, and he had those cool ring jackets. But the but the best thing of he he kind of had the Jimmy Valiant approach because like he he would come out wearing tights or his trunks, and 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 they would have some kind of funny saying on the back. Like I remember when he was feuding with Ricky Steamboat, he had Dragon Slayer across the back. I thought that was so cool. <laughs> and then when he became the U.S. champion, he had U.S. Champ on the back. So uh, you know. I thought it was a good look, um, but for whatever reason, like I said, Eric Bischoff didn't think much of Steve Austin, which it was a blessing in disguise because Stunning Steve left WCW, went to WWE, became Stone Cold Steve Austin, and became probably the the most famous wrestler in the world. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I mean, it's obvious I mean, he, that uh, Bischoff uh, – didn't have any respect for Steve Austin and didn't like the gimmick or, or didn't like him or whatever, because I mean, you know, you're going to have your U S champion at a pay-per-view lose his title in five seconds or however many seconds you said it was. And especially to Hacksaw Jim Duggan, who don't get me wrong. I mean, Hacksaw was over and he's a good baby face, but 
as a worker, Hacksaw Duggan is not all that great. I put him in Lex Luger's category. Right. Uh, yeah. He's a gimmick. You know, I mean, he just, yeah, I mean, he's just a gimmick. He can't, can't wrestle, can't work. Don't know a wrist lock from a wristwatch as Jim Cornette used to say, but, uh, um, you know, um, but yeah, he, uh, I love stunning Steve Austin. When he first came in and defeated uh, beautiful Bobby uh, for the uh, world television title, uh, I mean, I I thought right then and there, I thought, man, this guy could wrestle. And, uh, you know, those of you who, <clears throat> you know, saw, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin in WWE, WWF, whatever, um, go look at some of his matches when he was in WCW. I mean, I mean, to me, the guy could freaking wrestle his butt off. And, uh, um, you know, and just uh, went to the WWF and become a huge, huge star. Um, where some guys uh, become huge stars and don't really have to do a, a lot of wrestling, you know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, you know, look at, look at The Rock and, you know, I mean, uh, Hogan for years, uh, but yeah, uh, Hacksaw Duggan is U.S. champion. That's, uh, that's hard to believe. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was, uh, it was, uh, I, you know, I couldn't believe it, um, when, when, when he won the title, uh, it was definitely a shock, a shock to me, but, uh, but man, talk about, you know, somebody over the Hollywood Blondes, man. They that that was that was a team that that really should have uh, got a huge a, a bigger push than what they got. I mean, it, I mean, Jeff, imagine hearing that music coming down the aisle. Did uh, you ever get a chance to see the Hollywood Blondes live in action? I think I did in Asheville. Um... Yeah, I can't remember who they wrestled, to be honest with you. Yeah, um, I, 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 I know I didn't get to. Um, I did. And get, we were, yeah, we were sitting there talking about the, after after we watched them. I think it was when we were, when they were first starting to team up. And I remember um, on the way back, we were talking about how, yeah, we saw them win. I can't remember who they wrestled. And they said, yep, they're going to be the next World Tag Team Champions. And I think in the next pay per view they ended up winning the title. So. Yeah, that was uh they were that I mean I, I like I said I love that tag team. Uh, they had a great gimmick and uh, you know uh, and a great theme song. That 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 theme song was <laughs> was so over. I I loved it. Um, yeah. But uh, but when when they broke up and Steve Austin went on his own, uh, he saw a lot of success. I mean. Um, uh, I, I, if I remember right, when he first won the U.S. title, it was at Starcade '93, uh, as he defeated Dustin Rhodes. I was there live for that one. Uh, that one, I think that him and him and uh, Dustin got a little, got in a little trouble because uh, I think they got a little color. As a matter of fact, they end up having to turn the lights out uh, during that match and just turn the spotlight on for the people there because they, they wasn't supposed to have blood on TV. So. But uh, but but Austin was definitely a great a great worker, and, and like like we said, years later, as we uh, fast forward into the nineties, um, him getting fired from from WCW was the best thing that ever happened to him. I'll totally agree with you on that one. 
Now, moving on to uh, uh, next match. This is another match that probably could have gotten left off the <laughs> off the pay-per-view. Uh, but we got Big Van Vader with Harley Race uh, taking on the uh, Guardian Angel or Big Bubba or the Boss Man or whatever gimmick he had at the time. <laughs> but um, Ray, Ray Trailer was a great, great talent in the ring. I mean, a big man that could go like he could go. It was it was insane. Um but I I didn't care too much for the Guardian Angel gimmick. No, um, yeah, just you know, changing the guy's gimmick all the time. I mean, it just uh, wasn't a good idea. But uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he went. He came back. He was the big boss man in uh, WWF. And then I guess when he came back to WCW, they did, you know, they, they couldn't call him the big boss man, you know, because uh, Vince, Vince always uh, copyrights all of his uh, gimmicks he comes up with. And then um, I guess the big Bubba thing wouldn't have really went over. So I don't guess uh, Jim Cornette was around at the time. So uh, I had to come up with something new. Right, so, yeah. Uh, I guess that's the best they could come up with. And, uh, you know, he pretty much kept his same stuff. I, I just wish that they just left him as Big Bubba. Because that, and I, I don't know if it's because it was the first gimmick I ever saw him with, but I just feel like the Big Bubba gimmick fit him the best. Yeah, I'll totally agree on you uh, on that one. Um, I always like hearing Cornette say, Big Bubba, no trouble. <laughs> he always said that on TV. Yeah, and what can we say about Big Van Vader? I mean, Jeff, I got a story about Vader. Vader is the second uh, professional wrestler I ever met. Um, and a super nice guy. Um, I'll, I'll tell you the story. So probably around 91, WCW was not drawing worth anything. I was still in high school. And they they came to Greensboro where, you know, just a few years earlier, uh, they were packing out the Greensboro Coliseum, you know, 15,000 people hanging from the rafters. Now they got about 1,500 people in there. And um, so uh, so they have this show. It's a house show, and it's um, that night is like if, if you're a student, uh, come in, you get a, a, a ticket, set anywhere you like for five bucks, but you got to be a student. So, so, I'm, so, so me and some of my friends got together and we said, let's go check this out. So we go, and I'm standing there where I, where I have my seat at, and I happen to look over. And I'm like, that looks like Johnny B. Bad. And so uh, in the Grisborough Coliseum, uh, a lot of of people may not know it, but um, if you've never been there, but um, they had two entrances back in the the 80s. They had what I call the the tunnel, which is where all the baby faces come out of. And then they had like the little side tunnel, which is where the hills came out of. And uh, so Johnny B. Bad standing over there. Of course, he was a baby face, but he was standing over there by by the little hill thing. And so... I walk over and I'm like, Hey, I said, you're Johnny B. Bad. And he, and he gave me a thumbs up and he walks over to me. And, uh, all I had in my hand for him to sign was my ticket stub. So I'm like, Hey Johnny, you know, could you sign this ticket stub for me? He said, yeah, sure. No problem. So he signed my ticket stub. And, and, uh, of course at this time I wasn't in, I wasn't in wrestling. I was still in high school. And, um, so, uh, I told him, I said, I said, one day I want to be a wrestler. And he said, just, uh, hit the gym 
and uh, train hard and and uh, always believe in yourself and dreams will come true. And I, and I thought that was crazy at the time for him to tell me that because I'm like, because in my mind back then, wrestlers were like untouchable. Like, you know, it, it, it to me, it, it was a dream. And in, in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, I'd like to be a wrestler, but I know that's never going to happen. Um, but years later, thanks to you and Jimmy Vaya, you, know, you guys helped make my dream come true, and I, I always appreciate you for that. But um, but getting getting back to my story, so I met Johnny first, and then and then of course we, the the show starts. The main event of that show was, if I remember, I believe it was um, it was Sting, Ron Simmons, and um, Ricky Steamboat taking on Vader. Um, Vader, Ravishing Rick Rude, and Steve Austin was the main event. And so anyway, the, the show's over. We leave, and we go to this gas station, which is like maybe a quarter mile from the Coliseum. And so we're getting gas in our car, and the girl I was dating at the time, she's like, hey, that guy looks like one of the wrestlers. And I, I look over, and of course back then, Vader was wearing a hood. Um, and so... Uh, uh, but he pulls up and I'm like, that's Harley Grace. I said, that must be Vader without his mask. So now I'm going to make excuse to go back into the gas station to, you know, try to get his autograph as well. So as I walk over, uh, I walk to Harley Race first. He's pumping gas in the car. He kayfaved me. He sees me coming. He jumps and gets back in the car and shuts the door. So I'm like, okay, I won't talk to Harley then. So I walk into the gas station and, and Jeff, when I walk in, this is the greatest story ever. So I walk in, here are these two uh, ring rats, and they're dressed in like, uh, you know, they look like hookers. They got these short black leather mini skirts on, boobs busting out of their, out of their shirts, and they're talking to Vader. And Vader's like, he he has his hand, I'm not joking about this, you know what the suitcases of beer is, right? The, the, the natural light beer, right? Come, it comes in the suitcase, to the I guess it's 24 to a case. Vader had four of them. He had two under his arm and then two in his hands, right? And I walk up and I get behind him and him and the girls are talking and the girls are like, uh, yeah, um, so 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 you and Harley are staying at the Holiday Inn. He goes, yeah, we're at the Holiday Inn. We're in room number three. And he looks over and sees me and he stops. And he looks at me and he goes, kid, don't ever drink. It's bad for you. <laughs> and I was like, yes, sir. No, No worries. He said, and stay away from these women like this. They're bad for you, too. And I said, well, okay. And I said, well, can I have your autograph, sir? He goes, i tell you what, young man. He goes, if you go out there and stand by my car, now don't piss off Harley, but go out there and stand by my car, and I'll come out and give you an autograph in a minute. And I was like, okay. And at that time, I realized that heels were not bad people. <laughs> he goes, he was a heel that night, and he was super nice to me. So here, so that night, I got, I got two different um, – I got two different types of advice, you know, from, from, uh, Johnny B. Bad. I'm, he's telling me, you know, make your dreams come true. Uh, and then I'm, and then, um, Vader is telling me to stay from, from ring rats and beer. <laughs> so, and unfortunately I didn't do either one, but, <laughs> but, but, well, actually I did. I took Johnny B. Bad's advice to get into wrestling so I could drink beer and chase, ring rats or have them chase me, whichever the case may be. I think I chased them more than they chased me, but that's another story for another podcast. But, uh, but, but it was, it was so cool though, you know, um, 
seeing that show and uh, and meeting the meeting you know the, those two guys, and decades later, Jeff, a couple of years ago, as a matter of fact, uh, Johnny B. Bad was he came to my the school where I work, and uh, and of course he goes around to all the schools and and talks to the kids about you know bullying and suicide and things like that, and uh, so I walk up to him and I'm like uh, you know introduce myself to him and um, and I told him I said you know. 20 years ago or 30 years ago, whatever it was, I said, uh, you was in Greensboro and you told me blah, blah, blah. I said, just, just so you know, I said, I followed my dreams. I said, I went to uh, a wrestling camp. I said, and I, I got trained under Jimmy Valiant. And he said, and his words were, well, if you got trained under Boogie, you, you must, you must be doing all right. And uh, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, but like, like you know, life is so crazy, man. You you never know who you're going to run into, and um, and and what kind of advice you're going to get from wrestlers or famous people or anybody in general. So, um, so I thought that was cool, and I know that took us completely off our podcast, but I just thought that was a couple funny stories I wanted to share. Um, getting back to our pay per view, uh, here, um, the the next match, Jeff, was absolutely amazing. Uh, if you got to go back and watch this one, um. Uh, the Nasty Boys, Knobs and Sags, taking on uh, some more members of the Stud Stable, Terry Funk and Bunkhouse Buck. Um, this match goes seven minutes fifty six seconds. It's it's it's, um, it's called a Bunkhouse match, and the finish. If you went back and watched it, the match as they're coming to the ring, um, uh, Knobs is carrying. Uh, I'm sorry, Sags is carrying a, a jack o' lantern. And the finish, he pile drives Terry Funk into the pumpkin. Did you see this? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> oh, it was the funniest thing ever. And 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 as he does it, uh, Bobby Heenan is commentating, and he says, you only see this in WCW. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. <laughs> it's like you could tell Bobby Heenan was like, what in the world? Um, you know, it kind of reminds me of the story Jim Cornette told of one year, years ago, when Jim Hurd was running it, and he wanted them to put a pumpkin when he was feuding with the Southern Boys and the Midnight Express were feuding. He wanted them to put the pumpkin on Jim Cornette's head. Oh, good and grief. Jim Cornette said, no, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And <laughs> So, yeah, that's kind of funny. Well, that is coming from Jim Hurd. I mean, this is a guy that wanted to make a tag team called the Hunchbacks, and they can never get pinned. (laughs) Did you hear that? Have you heard that before? Yeah, I've heard that (laughs) one. And the guy that introduced us to the Ding Dongs. The Ding Dongs, yep. And our our good friend George South, got got, he he told me he got a great payoff wrestling the Ding Dongs, so he was okay with that. (laughs) He said the best thing the Ding Dongs did was get him a good pay, good payoff on the on a clash of champions, but uh, but yeah, that when I, I watched that match and I'm like, man, this is crazy, and um, it was it was very entertaining. Anytime Terry Funk's in the ring is entertaining. I love Terry Funk, but um, but when I saw the finish, I'm like, what are they doing? And they pile drove um Terry Funk into the pumpkin. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> Oh my god! And Bun- yeah, Bunkhouse Buck is a really cool guy. Oh yeah, yeah. I, we we worked with him before. He's just a really uh, cool guy. Yeah, I remember uh, working a show with him uh, the first time, 
and uh, I riffed this this show and uh, I was in there and he looked at me and he said he said kid uh, unloosen your belt because I'm gonna rip it off and beat this boy's brains out with it and I was like what and then he did that he he ended up taking he took my he took my belt off and started you know beating Donnie with the belt with my belt uh, which was kind of cool and then a few uh, a few months later uh, I I was promoting shows and. Uh, I brought Buck back, and uh, Buck and I teamed up together, and we 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 worked against Donnie and my cousin Mark, and uh, and I remember uh, talking to Buck, and every time I see Buck, I always I always remind him of this, and he laughs about it. But if you go back and watch one of the, um, I think it's one of the Slamborees, but uh, but Buck is working against Dustin Rhodes, and they're doing a bunkhouse match, and uh, Dustin brings a, like a little one by two to the ring, well Buck ends up taking it from him. And uh, hitting him over the back with it, and it it breaks and shoots off into the crowd, and the camera's right there, catching all the action, and Buckhouse Buck, you know, he's got that country accent like me, so he says, uh, uh, the camera's right in his face. He hits he hits Dustin in the back. The piece of that wood flies into the crowd, and all you do is, and all you hear is Buck go, "Sit down, geek. Sit down, you stupid bastard." And I was, and I just, the way he said it was so funny. And then he just went right, he went right back to wrestling. So when I met him, I was like, Buck, I need to ask you a question. I said, I got to tell you this. I said, man, the funniest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. And I told him and he said, yeah, he said, I was sitting there. He said, he said, Dustin had that, Dustin told me he's going to bring that stick and he wanted me to hit him with it. And I said, Dustin, that thing is so, it's so small. It's going to break. It's going to hit somebody. And Dustin said, no, it won't break. I promise. He said, man, I hit Dustin on the back, and that thing shard off and shot into the crowd and hit this little um, four-eyed kid. And the kid, only only thing he said was, I'm going to sue you. I'm going to sue you. He said, so I tried to shut him up. So I just told him, sit down, geek. Sit down, you stupid bastard. And, and so and so <laughs> later on, uh, years later, every time I see Buck, well, I walk up to him, and like he knows me, you know, we uh, might go years and not see each other. But as soon as I walk up, he'll say, "What's up, geek?" And he says that to me because he because he remembers me laughing about the story. And I tell him, I said, "Book, you got to say that tonight to somebody." And so the last time he worked for Jason, uh, I was there and I told him, I said, "Book, you got to say, sit down, geek, sit down, you stupid bastard." And he says, "All right, kid, I'll, I'll say that for you." And he did. He got he he comes to the ring. He says, "Sound you bunch of geeks, you bunch of stupid bastards." <laughs> it's so funny. He looks at me, and starts cracking up, and like everybody's looking at Buck, like, "What's he talking about?" It's all, only he and I knew. That. <laughs> I that was so funny. Oh, Buck is a trip though, and uh, but super nice guy. And, and like you say, uh, Buck Buck works snug with who with who with who like like if he's working with somebody and they're not getting the spot right, Buck Buck will say he'll snug up on you. But with yeah. me, I, I remember uh, that that tag match where he and I were working against Donnie and Mark, and uh, you know, of course, Donnie likes it snug. So him and Donnie are beating the crap out of each other, and I knew the finish was going to be me getting hit in the head with Buck's brass knuckles. So I'm like, he's going he's going to break my nose. I just know it, you know. And uh, man, he come up and and he he hit me, and it was so light, and I didn't even feel it, and I was like, man. And so I told him after the 
at the end of the night. I said, Buck, I said, man, I just knew he was going to kill me with his nooks. He said, brother, I saw it. He goes, I see how you work. He said, I wish, uh, I wish instead of you teaming with me, I was working against you. He goes, I, he goes, uh, I probably wouldn't have as many bruises on my head because <laughs> he knew him and Donnie beating the crap out of each other. <laughs> but, but, uh, but I like Jimmy Golden. He's a, he's a, he's a nice guy. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, before we go any further on our podcast, Jeff, I want to mention t- today is Wednesday uh, as we're recording this podcast and we are live uh, for some of you that are that have, have tuned into the live show. But um, it's uh, Wednesday, October 28th. And, and Jeff, I'm sure you heard the sad news today of the passing of um, the wild eyed Southern boy, uh, Tracy Smothers. Yeah, sure. I've heard about that. Man, what a what a tremendous tag team uh, he was with uh, with uh, Scott Armstrong. Um, they had a, a a great feud. One of one of my favorite matches, man, with with him was uh, at a Great American Bash where him and uh, him and Steve or Scott Armstrong um, was working against the Midnight Express, and uh, they done this spot to where they kept hitting uh, Bobby Eaton with with the uh, karate moves. And then, so finally, Bobby tags in uh, Stan. Stan comes in. He thinks he's going to get over, and and uh, and Tracy's mother, he he knocks the crap out of him, kicks Stan too. It was just a funny spot, man. It was and it was over like crazy. Uh, but uh, definitely, the the wrestling community um, are definitely going to miss Tracy Smothers. Um, I, I I don't think I've ever heard anybody say anything bad about Tracy Smothers, uh, and he was definitely a staple in Southern uh, wrestling. Yeah, definitely was. Uh, the tenure in uh, <coughs> Smoky Mountain Wrestling as well. Uh, I remember those days, but he tagged uh, it was Steve Armstrong, I believe. They were the Southern Boys, and then of course, you know that Southern name was racist. So we had to, they had to change up to the Young Pistols. Oh yeah, I forgot about Pistols that for a while. Remember, remember those? Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, but all around. Uh, you know, I never met him personally. I, I've, you know, went to a couple Smoky Mountain wrestling shows when they were uh, going strong, and uh, uh, saw him wrestle a couple of times in person. And uh, I think I saw him at uh, the Clash of Champions in Asheville um, when they teamed up and took on the Freebirds. Uh, when it was Jimmy Jam Garvin and Michael Hayes, and they come out. My the Freebirds came out with the uh, Confederate flag painted on their face, which was pretty cool. But uh, yeah, I remember that too. And uh, Bob Armstrong was with them, and uh, they ended up um, they ended up DDT and Bob Armstrong during the <laughs> during the match. Too. Oh no! So, yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, really great wrestler. Um, like I said, a lot of people was, you know, what I've seen, uh, you know, nobody had anything has anything negative to say about Tracy Smothers. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I I actually got to work on a few shows with him, and uh, um, super nice guy. I mean, I, like I said, I uh, I never saw anybody say anything bad about him. But now, a heat magnet. Let me tell you something. That guy will come out there carrying that Confederate flag even to this day. And he's out there, and he's cussing, and he's telling, the, and he's on the mic too, and he's telling the fans exactly what he feels about him. And if you want to see something really funny, go on YouTube and put in Tracy Smothers versus the Juggalos. And I'm telling you what, that is the 
Jeff, the people are throwing bottles at him. They're throwing drinks at him. They're throwing chairs at him. I mean, he is, he's got more heat than Seamer Perfection ever had. I'm telling you, man, you're going to love it. You got to go back and watch it, but it's on YouTube. So check it out. All right, fans, it's now time for us to talk about our main event here on the Halloween Havoc, uh, 1994, um, the WCW World Champion Hulk Hogan with uh, Jimmy Hart taking on Ric Flair with Sensational Sherry Martell. Steel Cage retirement match. Um, whoever loses this match not only is no longer the WCW champion, but has to, quote, retire from WCW. Um, this match is, uh, it sees Ric Flair uh, taking on uh, Hulk Hogan in the cage with Mr. T as a special guest referee. In addition, uh, it was a career versus career match. Uh, during the match, Sherry, uh, you know, she tries to climb the cage uh, and help Flair with the championship. However, Jimmy Hart always attempts to stop her. Um, he pulls off her skirt, and as Sting attempted to come and and stop uh, Sherry, he's attacked by a masked man. Uh, this enables Sherry to climb the cage and help Flair handcuff Mister T. There's a lot going on in this match. Um, however, Hogan is still able to pick up the victory because of his clause in his contract, um, and, and win. And then they, uh, he unmasked the guy to find out that it's his, that's Brutus Beefcake. And the funny thing about this was before the match started, Brutus Beefcake was at ringside with Hulk Hogan. Uh, Hogan sends him away when the match starts. And of course he ends up, um, you know, turning on Hogan and joining, um, you know, uh, Kevin Sullivan's group. Uh, and, and, and you talk about somebody having a terrible run in WCW, Brutus Beefcake definitely had that because they gave that man so many gimmicks. They, they didn't know what they were doing with him. Yeah. He was what, the Zodiac. He was Zodiac. He was the Zodiac. big brother Broody. Uh, he was the yeah. butcher. Uh, let's yeah. see what else. Uh, the booty man. <laughs> I mean, he had a ton of gimmicks there and none of them worked. Well, you know, he couldn't use the, the Brutus beefcake, the barber. I'm sure he couldn't use that one. No, that was, that was trademarked. Yeah, by he w. couldn't use that yep. name. Yeah. Yeah. So that, yeah, that so, put a damper yeah, on they that. They had to come up with, had to come up with something different for him, but, uh, yeah. And he just never did get pushed in, uh, WCW like he was in WWF. Yeah, when he was the Intercontinental Champion, uh, former World Tag Team Champion, um, with Greg Valentine, and he just never got the never got the push. But uh, yeah, they just uh, too much going on, um, you know. I, but of course, it's uh, you know we always knew that uh, you know Hogan would never lose the flare. Uh, just because Hogan's Hogan. Yep. And uh, um, so, you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, too bad. I mean, I think they, they, they drew the big crowd because this, I think, was this not one of the first or second times these guys would wrestle each other? Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, they wrestled a couple like times. Yeah. And I think the backstory here was um, Bischoff wanted Flair to take a year off. Um and for him to kind of get Hogan more over, I guess, like like he needed to do that. Uh, but I think originally that he wanted Flair to sit home for a year, 
uh, and flares like, uh, man, I don't know, a year not wrestling, that's going to be, you know, that's going to kill any momentum I have. And Bischoff's like, no, don't worry, it's going to be okay. And then I think uh, he sat home for two months, and then they they uh, didn't even explain why he's back. It just I think he came back at uncensored, uh, dressed as a woman, and uh, that match with Flair with Vader versus Hogan. And then shortly after that, Hogan wanted Flair reinstated because he he wanted to get revenge, and that's how they brought Flair back. So, so Flair, I think he wasn't out but just a few months. It wasn't even a year like like he was promised. But uh, uh, and this was right here was starting to see the um, what was to come uh, of the demise uh, of Ric Flair uh, in WCW. Yeah, yeah, because uh, yeah, Bischoff pretty much tried to bury Flair. I mean, yeah, yep, for sure. Well, fans, that's going to wrap up this week's podcast uh, and this um, series on Halloween Havoc. Uh, make sure you go like us on our Facebook page and um, download us on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, we, we we do come on live occasionally here on the Podbean app. So uh, follow us there as well. And, um, and next month, Jeff, it's uh, it's November. It's Thanksgiving. And staying in the tradition of classic 80s wrestling, we're going to be talking some of the best starcades of, um, of, of, our, of our era. Um, and uh, hopefully uh, I will try to get a special guest to come on our show. Uh, hopefully in the month of November, I, I know with the coronavirus, it's hard to get people um to come on the show because they're just busy doing other things and um uh, but uh but anyway any event i'm gonna try to get us a special guest uh chris uh wasn't with us this week because he had prior engagement hopefully chris will be back with us next week but uh i'll be back jeff will be back and uh, we're gonna be talking starcade you're gonna have to tune in next week to find out what starcade we're gonna be talking about but we'll have that and much more on the binge buster show jeff you have any parting words before we go off the air um, overall, um, I guess out of this, this Halloween Havoc, maybe a, another four or five, maybe a five. I mean, just because a, a couple of matches were really, really great. Um, but I mean, what do you think? You about the same? Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, you know, I, I definitely enjoyed the Arn Anderson, um, Dustin Rhodes. I think that that was a really good match. Uh, even the honky tonk man and Johnny B. Bad was a, was a was a very good match and Hogan and uh, uh Flair was also a good match. Just I think there was just a lot going on in that match to kind of keep up with what was happening. Um and then of course uh with Brutus Beefcake uh turning on Hogan it kind of took you know it took you away from uh from from the from Flair losing and now us you know, us thinking that Flair had to retire. Um uh, again I think a lot was going on uh, more than what should have, but it was it, it was still an entertaining match, and I enjoyed it. Yep. All right, fans. Well, like I said, make sure you like us on our Facebook page. Tune in next week, and uh, for Jeff, I'm Tony. We'll see you next week on the Binge Buster Show. Thank you for listening to the Binge Buster Show. Make sure you like us on Facebook and download us on your favorite podcast platform.